0: This Torah class is brought to you by torahanytime.com. Okay, so the, we're going to begin the topic of demons, right? Uh, very interesting topic, um, very scary for some people, but very informative for others. So, when people hear demons, most people say, Come on, you're already talking about all this stuff is fake, it means nothing. Oh, we have to remember, with it. we'll all welcome all our Torah anytime viewers. How could we forget? Right, The thousands of people that watch this uh, video when it gets uploaded have to welcome them. So, um, but anyways, going back to, so, so people speak about demons. You hear about, it, either people are like, yes, 100%, I agree, it must be there. Or other people are like, there's no such thing, it's all imagination, all this stuff is fake. So let's see what the Torah is going to say about the topic of uh, demons. Now, the first thing is that we have to understand is the... A lot of people, what they think is that if they don't see something, it's fake. It's not real, it's not there. This is a very, very misconception on all aspects of reality. Right? The microorganisms, we don't see microorganisms. Now we know that there's microorganisms. In fact, most of the majority of things that we have in this world, we don't see. Right, there are so many cosmic waves that are going in front of us. There are so many radio waves. There are so many, uh, you know, uh, picture waves and sound waves and all these different types of waves that are flying right behind us. We see nothing. Right, things are getting transmitted from our cell phones to other places. We don't see how it gets transmitted. There are so many things that, are, uh, to our eye, we don't see, but yet it does exist. The, you know, until, until, uh, the Hubble telescope came out. What was it? 19. Uh, Whatever it was, I don't know. So Edward Hubble, whatever, whenever, whenever the Hubble telescope came out, we only realized the vast majority of our universe. Until then, we didn't, how many, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, how many stars did people think that there was? There was whatever you could see, they figured that's what there was, right? Whatever you can not see, it's obviously not, there's nothing else there, right? To the naked eye, how many stars can be seen? I don't know, 7,000, 8,000 stars or something like that, and that's all they thought there was. In fact, there are billions of stars. Right? So we, we see from here that there are many things that our eye can't see, but yet do, it does exist. But even go furthermore, there is, a, you know, like a smells. Right now we're sitting in the room with a bunch of people. Everybody has their own scent. Right? We don't smell it. How do you, the, the dogs, if they have, they have certain dogs that are trained to find certain people, they give them something to smell that they wore. And now they're able to go and track them down. So right now you go and you smell somebody, you shouldn't be going smelling people, but if you go and smell somebody, right, you're not going to start to, oh yeah, you smell like, you know, you smell like Moshe, <laughs> you know, or you smell like Avi. You know, who knows? You don't know how the other person smells, but yet there are so many things that are giving off that we have absolutely no idea of what's going on, right? When I just do this, a bunch of uh, organisms flew off, right? You don't know anything. If you would see what's, what, how much organisms are in your food, you wouldn't eat, right? So there's so many things that exist in reality and yet we don't see, but yet we know that it exists, right? Now, if... This ignorance is in our physical uh, world, so much so in our spiritual world. Right? People say, oh, I don't see God. Well, you don't see God. You don't see radio waves. What, you want to see God? You can barely look at the sun. You want to see God? You know, there's so many people that don't believe it straight out, which is the most foolish thing that they could say. Right, there's so many things we don't say. So demons is something that we generally, and I say generally, we don't see. Yet, what does the Torah say if they exist or they do not? Now, I do want to speak about, there's, there's a... There's a mixed opinions in the Torah uh, perspective if demons exist, if demons do not exist. The majority say that it does exist because the Gemara speaks about it, even there's some sukim that refer to it, which we'll see soon see. And uh, there are there a are few that say that they don't. Right? The Rambam, Maimonides is one of the most famous that says that demons don't exist. And we'll answer how that works because at the end of the class, they don't exist. So we'll answer Bezalat Hashem at the end of the class, uh, hopefully we'll get there today, of how is it possible, how does this work? How does he say no and, and they say yes, you know, what the... Uh, yes, of course, of course. But it's recorded, from someone else. There are many things and he answers all of them. The Rambam answers, and you look at more in the book, and he answers more, more in the book, and a bunch of things. That he answers, uh, you know, different things, and the sukim how he answers it all up. So... The, which is that's an entire class and just in itself and just uh, on that but the uh, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky does answer the generalizable to what speak about so uh, additionally before we go on to to begin the the actual uh topic there are many times that that besides the fact that we don't see everything that actually exists there are things that other other lenses and other cameras other animals are able to see things that we don't an example is that sometimes a camera takes a picture and in that picture when you develop it, you see that there's something else in the background that wasn't there. It could be a, like a figure of a person, it could be a figure of whatever it is. That wasn't there before, but it is there now, right? And that's depending on the frequency of the camera. And not, it's not, you can't get like a magic camera that's going to capture all this, uh, you know, Ghostbusters uh, uh, frequency. But there are certain times that these things do happen to, to show up. Now, that being said, don't start Googling and searching up all things, because most of them are fake, most of the most of those pictures out there are fake because they're Photoshop. So what they did was is that they, when they did this type of research, they researched uh, before Photoshop exists. So you're looking back in the 50 and you know 50 years ago, 60 years ago, when they took pictures and they saw that it developed and it had a ghost picture. And it, later, uh, you know, at the end of class, I'll pass around some pictures that I have here that were proven that they were not uh, they were not uh, Photoshop. And there's pictures there of. of of previous people that are not alive anymore. So you see that there are things that were caught. And you see also more than that is that you see people, sometimes people see things, right? I, I'll tell you a, a story that I was giving a class once a few weeks ago. And uh, somebody came over to me afterwards. And he told me he was, he was not in, a, not in a New York, thank you. He's not in New York and he was, give, he was in his family member's home. And while he was on, the pho- on his home, he was on his phone, right? And the camera just happened to go on. You know, he was like playing through his phone and the camera went on. And it was dark. And in the camera, he looks and he sees in the distance, in the corner of the room, like a shape of like a, a woman. A shape of a woman with, with something on her hair, on her head. And he looks quickly off because he was alone in the room and nobody's there. And then he looks back at the camera, it's there. And takes it away, it's not there. So, and he described me, it's like it was like a blue light and everything was he, was, he got very scared. Right? So I told him what I told him, what are the things that, uh, that, uh, that possibly can be done for that situation. But, you know, we see over here that there are things that are existing out there that we don't see, but yet they do exist. So now, with that introduction, well, let's go into um, the you know the, what the Torah says about about demons. First of all, this is very interesting is that you'll never see, the Torah when you look at Bereishit it doesn't say and God said let there be demons. You'll never see that. It doesn't say that God let there was God let there be light, let there be this, let there be that, let there be everything. But there's nothing. Let there be demons, right? So demons are not an action. They what happened was is God actually created them ben which means right before sunset. So Shabbat it was Friday afternoon and it was right before Shabbat God's created the demons and that's why that we're going to soon see that they are that they are half human and half angelic. And we're going to soon see which half and and, and what characteristic. Before, so before Shabbat before Shabbat like God created it right before Shabbat and then Shabbat came it's like oh I'm sorry I can't finish it. Now you're half after half man. made half baked. Huh? After man after the sin. So this is less so there was a few things. There were ten things that were created Benish Moshelech, the mouth of the of the earth, the mouth of the donkey. Okay. There was all those things that were there. Yeah, okay. So uh, now, so that's the original creation of demons was wasn't that uh, in that particular time. Then when uh, there's a Gemara Ovin, right, page 18b, that speaks about that Adam after after the sin of the tree, he separated from his wife for 130 years. And during this separation of 130 years, it says that he, you know, he got, he begot things in his image. And the explanation is, is that he bore, you know, uh, basically demons. And they ask, how, how did he bore these demons? It was through unintentional seminal, uh, um, you know, release. So, yeah, the, the the semen came out unintentionally, and through that came demons, right? And we're going to soon see that the, when when somebody weighs seeds, these things it go somewhere, right? There's a reason why it affects a person's mazal. It's a reason why there. You know, we'll soon be able see about that. So that's so that's another source. Yeah. Oh, what is demons? Demons are. What are they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, oh, oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah gotcha. Okay. Oh, okay. So that's that's another uh, that's another. Um, source of where they're created. Additionally, there's another Gemara in Sanhedrin, page 109a that says that during the time of the, of the generation where they wanted to build a big tower to fight against God. So during that time, there were three groups. And the three groups each wanted to build a tower for different purposes. One of one of them said, "Let us build a big tower so we can get up to the heaven, so we can live there." Another group said, "Let us go up to this, build a big tower, so we can wage war against God." Right? And they used to shoot arrows at God. And uh, and the third one said, "Let us go up there and serve idols." So the Gemara explains each one got their own punishment. This here is something we see also very important is that there's three, three people are doing the same sin, but the, the where's the origin of the sin? What's the reason for the sin also comes into effect for the punishment. And listen to this the group that said let us go up there and let us live over there let us dwell there so the punishment for them is God scattered them throughout the world God scattered them all over the place the group that said let us ascend and wage war those were turned into apes, spirits, devils and night demons here's another source that we see that these people that wanted to wage war against God these people turned into demons right and it, you know just on the side note it also says apes evolution says that we came from apes the Torah explains that no apes came from us there are certain apes that came from us that were turned, that were turned into from, from humans like uh, big monkeys, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah. Okay, so, the and then the third cat the third category was the people that said, let us go up there and serve idols. For that, God's God uh, um, scra- besides scattering them, he also uh, changed their their tongue. They didn't all speak the same language. And before that, they... What was the same In language? the Gemara? I'll show it to you afterwards. i Said the Gemara in Chagiga. I have it here in English. Said the Gemara in Chagiga that in sixteen eight that the demon, how they look, how they're, character, they're characterised there are three parts, uh, three things are like humans and three things are like angels how are they like angels? They have wings they have wings and they are able to fly from one point of the earth to another they are able to fly great distance in short amounts of time and for the, more than that is they could survive in places where humans can survive the coldest places, the places that they are able to survive in the, in the places where we are not the hottest places, the coldest places, doesn't matter Additionally, they know uh, the short future, right? They can they can know the, the about about 30 days in the future. They are able to to, uh, to know, right? What God already came out and said this is going to happen. They already know about it. So, uh, what, how are they like? Um, how are they like humans? They are like humans. That they eat and they drink like human beings. They create, they procreate like humans, and they die like humans. Okay, so there's three things like that are, their character traits are like angels and are like, uh, and three like like humans. Now, there are more different criteria on how they look. I usually don't like speaking about that because that gets really graphic and this is where people tell me they have nightmares. But maybe as we go soon, well, you'll get little, little tips of pieces on how they look and you could formulate that together on, on how they actually look. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're soon going to see. So, well, first of all, is that they're uh, Moshe was saying very, something very important. Said that they look they look like us. They can change into whatever form they want to change. So they can make themselves look human, right? Which is a scary thing because you could see somebody and you don't know. Are you a demon? They, they could change themselves everything except for one part of the body, which usually stays the same as their feet. Their feet are either feet. So the page 66a, is that they have either feet of like bird's feet or cow's hooves as as feet. Right? and we're going to soon see a story of Shlomo Amalek. How he, there was a demon there, and he was also always wearing socks, so he didn't want to show his feet. Um, also, they do not have free will, right? They don't have free will; they they go based on instinct, right, or whatever God wants them to do is that how they uh, they do it. Now, also, additionally, is uh, they see us, we don't see them, right? It's sort of unfair playing around right? They could see us, but we cannot see them. So, okay, next. You they are. They definitely feel like they're cursed. Uh, they're cursed. This is their. Cre- this is the, they're, they're, This is the creation that God created them for. So, there's uh, more than that. It's also that uh, we were speaking before that that there are certain frequencies that see things that we don't see. More than that, animals can also see things that we don't see. Right? We know the famous story. is Bilam. Bilam's donkey saw an angel that Bilam couldn't see. And there are many times that people, if they own animals, they'll have uh, in the in the. Um, you know, suddenly you'll you'll it'll be quiet at night, and you have a dog in the corner, and suddenly the dog will start running around in circles, or will start barking at a corner for absolutely no reason. A cat will just suddenly go crazy, right? Or whatever it is, and they go they just these animals go crazy. They are able, I'm not saying that they could always, you know, the second that they see that they must be like, okay, well there's someone here, you know, you know, take out your you know your spiritual gun, <laughs> you know. But but there is a, there is a chance that they are, they they were saw something that you cannot see. And they are able to see and That's why sometimes they go crazy. They bark at nothing. And it's really something there. You, We just can't see it. Animals. And they feel better than people. Yeah. What do you mean they feel better? They feel better. Their senses, you mean? Their senses. their senses are, yeah. They're more keen, their senses. A dog has their, you know, sense of smell. There are certain birds that have an unbelievable sense of uh, sight. You know? Um, yeah. And there's, besides the speed and everything. Yeah. And, hear and the hearing. also. What is that? A bat, a dolphin or something like that. They all... hmm Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... But again, animals don't have free will. Says the czar, if we were given permission to see what's going around us, people will go crazy. People will not be able to function in life if they realize what's going on around us, right? If we would be able to see all the things that are flying around us, there are spirits, there are ghosts, there's demons, there's all these different things that are around us, all this Mazakim, If we would be able to see that, first of all, no one would sin, right? You'd be like, uh, you know, come Shabbat, you know, and be like, oh, you want to go for a cigarette? And you see like 14,000 demons over there like standing on you with like, you know, towering over you like breathing fire or whatever it is. You'll be like, oh, I'm staying right here. I'm not, I'm not moving. You wouldn't be able to move. You wouldn't be able to do anything. And what happens is if we get to see those things and we lose our free will. Who's going to sin when they see all this spiritual stuff going around? Who? Nobody's going to, nobody, everyone's going to sit straight. So in order to have our free will... We are not able to see. It is a majority of things we are not able to see um, these uh, um, these demons and these mazakim. There are sometimes where people are able to sometimes you know sometimes you're in a room and you could be by yourself. You're in a house. Let's put it in. you're in a house by yourself and suddenly you know out of the corner of your eye you see something shoot by, and you turn around and you look and your your heart is like da, 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 da. and you're and you're like you know you're freezing you're you're froze your your heart is beating so fast and you're like i could have sworn i saw something and you're looking around and nothing is there right there it's a very it's it's a possibility that it's very that sometimes you get a glimpse of something that was there that you know a spiritual being that is there now you're, that you could see a little bit but now you can't see it you know you can't see it completely right not saying that you know in general but it could be a possibility so there is um there is also the Gemara in Bachot, The Gemara in Bachot 6a, right? I'm giving you the sources of this, not to you, so you don't think that I'm making it up. You can all look it up. So the Bachot in 6a says that, uh, um, first of all, besides the fact that the uh, we could not endure seeing the, the demons, it says, what do you think there are more? Demons or people in the world? We have a lot, close to 7 billion people in the world? Mm-hmm. What do you think we have more? De- demons? Mm-hmm. There's so many more demons. There, are, the, the Gemara says, you know, there are, Thousands upon thousands of demons Surrounding each person More than a hundred More than a hundred The Gemara says 10,000 on the right side Sin even more Sin, uh, yeah, sin creates more, exactly Yeah, we'll speak, we'll speak about that also They don't have to crawl, they usually fly But Yeah, they're all over the place The question is, is where are they nowadays We're talking back in the time of the Bible. We'll soon see, we'll try to clarify where we are uh, holding nowadays So The um, what happens if let's say you want to see them? The Gemara says let's say you want to you want to look at them, right? Is there a formula that you could do that you could see demons? Says the Gemara, right? This is something that you should definitely not try at home. Um, And they say first of all, what you could do is if you want to discover the demons, you could take sifted ashes and you sprinkle it around your bed before you go to sleep, right? So you have this thin, fine powdered ashes around your bed, and then in the morning you'll see something like footprints of a rooster, all around the bed, right? Now, enjoy going to sleep tonight. Does that bring him there or just? You just see them because they're, they're Yeah. Because he's there already. Yeah, they're there already. All right. So it says that if you want to see that, you sprinkle it and then you see little footprints all over the bed, right, before you go to sleep that you think, you know, you're going to sleep all alone. Let news flash, you've got some visitors, right? <laughs> Good night, sweet dreams, right? So. Did you tried that? No, you should not try it. Don't you shouldn't mess around with them, and you should not. You definitely, the you know there are many uh, the, the 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 What they say is, don't bother them. Leave them alone. Don't interrupt. Don't bother them. We'll as soon as you see. There's so many things. Us. They don't don't,
1: bother
0: us. <laughs> they bother you more, but you don't know it. Now, let's say okay, that's that's for you know, let's say uh, you know the amateurs. Let's say you really want to see them. Let's say you want to look at them in the eyes. You want to see how they look. Is there something you can do? There's the gemara Bachot. Again, it goes further, and it says if you want you really want to see them. So you take a black female cat, the the and it's a female cat, the daughter of the female cat, so it's two black female cats, each firstborn of each other, right? So you the firstborn a girl and then had she had another baby, another firstborn girl. You take the placenta of that, you grind it up, and uh, you wrote sorry, you roast it on fire, and then you grind it into powder and then you put you fill your eyes with it. Yeah. Right? And then you'll see it. That, no, this is the Gemara says. I don't, do not try. It says the Gemara, goes on further. First of all, it says afterwards you have to put in an iron tube and seal it so the demons can't, uh, you know, uh, you know, get a hold of it. But then there was a rabbi, Rabbi Bibi Barabaya, that he did so. And they say also, if you do that, you have to make sure your mouth is closed so they don't harm you. But there's one rabbi, big rabbi in the Gemara that did it and he got harmed. Uh, So, I don't recommend anybody to do it, uh, even because this is a big rabbi that did it. And then the rabbis went and prayed for him and and he got healed. But it's definitely something that you do not want to mess around with and you do not want to, you know, you do not want to, you know, anything that I'm saying tonight is not on a practical level at all. It's all theoretical as to how you should take it. Right? So, everything that I say practical, please do not use it. (laughs) Okay? Yeah. So, uh, um, the Ramban by Nachmanides explains, says, our beings were created from four basic elements, right? Air, fire, earth, and water. The demons are created only out of two, only of air and fire. That's why they are able to, you know, the air and fire is very is things that are that are um, they don't ex- they're like they're not dense. They're the opposite. They're, that's why we cannot see them because we see things that are created from the four, you know, t- generally of the four senses. They are combined. The the same idea is what happens when a person dies is those four basic elements separate each other, themselves as opposed to being uh, combined. So um, let's move on forward. The do, what do they eat? We said that they eat. They eat and drink like human beings. What do they eat? So first of all, they eat the, They eat by the... They uh, sort of lick the top of the water, of the lakes. And they also smell smoke. And they need that for their existence. And this is why also the magic, there's certain magic that uses um, uh, demons, is that they'll, there, there's a lot of smoke involved. And there's also a lot of blood sacrifices. There's a lot of blood type of, uh, you know, um, things. And there's also, it's a lot of blood, bodily fluid that's, that gets involved in these things. And this is what they get their nourishment from. So, uh, okay. Then the, also, they could also um, take from the seeds you plant in the ground. They could take some sort of life force, right? And this is also some away seed. They're also able to manipulate something from that. And we'll soon see, uh, you know, that's a, a witch demon. So, this is why there's halacha, right? One of the, if you go open up a Kitsushu right? One of the first, you know, you open up a Kitsushu you want to learn basic Judaism. What do you have to do? One of the one of the first halachot in the first chapters, it speaks about being modest, right? You have to be modest when you're in the bathroom. Or, you know, because it says God's, you know, when you're getting dressed in the morning, you have to dress up modestly, right? So you don't walk around naked, even if you're alone at home, right? the answer is, you're never alone. First of all, God's presence is everywhere. But more than that, there are things that are, that are floating in your home. What do you think? they are not uh, things looking at you in your, your home. There, You can't lock them out. They don't go out. So you have spirits, demons, and things like that. You have to dress, you have to dress modestly. More than that, and we'll, t- we'll get back to that in a second. It, they once made an experiment. The experiment was in Times Square. They, put, and they did in Times Square. And I think they did also in China or something else. So a very densely populated uh, area. is what they, they put a bathroom right in the middle of a public area. And what they did was, is that they put mirrors on the outside... But the mirrors were mirrors only from the outside. From the inside, it was like a glass. So, so when you're inside, you're able to see them outside. But from the outside, all they saw is a mirror. So you saw, there were people that tried to go to the bathroom over there. But then you see there are people that are doing their makeup in the, you know, in the mirror. And meanwhile, this person pants down, sitting on the toilet. is like, I can't, you know. And they asked people, most people were not able to go to the bathroom. They weren't able to go there. They said, I can't, I can't, I can't do it with an audience. Even though they know that they can't see them. Which means that they know they were on the outside. They saw that they're looking in. They can't, you can't see anything. But the people inside, they couldn't. They felt like people were looking at them. So, you know, we have to be careful. We don't know who's watching. Right? Besides the fact that God watches everything. Right? So you always have to be modest. And there's more than that. There's a Gemara and Bachot, 62a, that says that whoever behaves modestly in the bathroom will be saved from three things. From snakes that are there. In the old days, there used to be snakes and scorpions in the bathroom. So you'll be saved from snakes and scorpions and from demons. Right? And they had... uh, um, some even say an additional is that they will not have disturbing dreams because one of the way to have disturbing dreams is that the demons can able to get into your dreams and they can make you dream certain dreams, right? And with, you know that we learned that uh, this in dreams that they're able to get in through your ear and uh, make you dream certain dreams. So there was a, actually a, a story that in the Gemara that there was two rabbis, Rab Ami and Rabbi Asi, that there was a certain bathroom that if somebody walked in. By themselves they would get harmed by demons, right? In the olden days. They had a bathroom that was like an outhouse. So if they went over there they would get harmed by demons. There were two rabbis that used to go in there and not get harmed by themselves. Each one by themselves. So they asked them, How did you do it? how, how is that possible? So they said we learned from we have a tradition that it, the tradition is for avoiding harm in a bathroom is whoever is is modest in the bathroom and you also have to, have to be silent right you don't sit and talking on the telephone while you're in the toilet right it's a, there's a there's a there's a thing to be quiet and not say anything while you're in the bathroom and so it's a, it's a good thing to to uh, to be silenced when you are in the bathroom especially while the you know you're actually using the bathroom itself okay the there is also there's there's uh, the let's speak about where they can be found. A person, first of all, this is what we're talking about in the olden days, we're see it's a little bit different nowadays. A person in the old days were not allowed to walk alone at night. Because if they walk alone at night, there was a certain uh, uh criteria that if you walked alone, the demon could show themselves to you, which means you could see them, they'll appear to you and they could harm you. If you walked with two people, they could show yourself, they could show themselves, but they can't harm you. They could which means they could appear, but they can't harm you. If you have if you walk with three, they don't even show themselves to you. So um, the the first thing is you don't walk alone at night, and I'm talking about nowadays is a little bit different because you have lights. You have, you have we live we live in an populated city, right? This is specifically talking about like you know in, in like forest, open fields, in the quiet area, completely alone at night. You know it's not safe to be walk you know to walk alone, even more so during the, the three weeks which we are in right now, which we're gonna soon see also. B'sha'at haShem. So. There is, uh, um there's also the, you know, the, what they say is that you should put a small nightlight in a, the children's room. Sometimes you see a children, a little infant, while they're sleeping, they suddenly start laughing. You know, why are they laughing? So they say that there, it could be that one of the demons are playing with them, with the babies, right? And it's not like, oh look, free babysitter, oh, look, go ahead, demon. You know, it's not something that you want. So they put the light on, it, it, it's sort of the, the again. Also could be, uh, an angel play with it, right? Never heard of that, but uh, anything is possible. But then when it's says uh, the the, the speaks about specifically most about demons, time. Mm-hmm. most of times so you're not you don't afford, you know every time you see the baby laughing you're like come on demon get out of that you know you know it's 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 a possibility but uh, don't uh, you know the, all you need to do is turn on the light that's that's all a little light a little light okay so additionally is, is uh, you know the you don't sleep where they are doing construction. It's also where they hang out. Uh, so you should also, you know, stay away from those uh, things. Also, we're going to soon see that in um, if you have runes, which means that you had a building that left vacant for many years, stay away from that also. They also hang around those things. right? So, generally, the demons have a stronger power at night, in public showers, which nowadays we don't really have, and in forests and empty houses. The sages, however, in the time of the Gemara, decreased the power. We're going to soon see also how then, what they did. So, the... Uh, the, there was also there's also a, 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 in Sephar Hashedim there's um, there's something very interesting that many people don't uh, really take for serious and but they really should. It says over there that if you let's say you have a, a window over here and in your house and you board it up, you close up the window, or you have a doorway and you close up the doorway, you're supposed to leave a little little hole for the entire uh, you know before you accept it, you know so that there there's something that's remaining so for example you close everything up you leave a little hole now why? Says one of the places where they dwell these demons is in the windows and in the, in the doorways now they're not of they don't take up mass so if you happen to close up a wall that they happen to be living in that's very dangerous and they could go on they could do some damage in the house and that's why you go to certain houses you'll see little holes right, they could, yeah so, so you see little holes in those places. I once went to a family member who, um, you know, distant family member who, who did construction in his house. And he was taking, giving me a tour and showing me all the, all the, you know, things that, changes that he made. And I remembered that he, there was a wall over there and there was a window. And I'm like, you know, and he closed it up because he extended and he, whatever, he did, did a bunch of uh, changes in the house. So I'm, he, I'm like sitting over there looking for this hole. I'm looking for, I'm like, where, so he, see, he sees me staring at this wall. <laughs> so he's like, yo, what are you doing? So I'm like, where did you put the hole? for the demons. So he, first of all, he thought I was crazy. He's like, he's like, excuse, what demons? You know, come again? He's like, what are you talking about over here? So, then I explained to him, I'm like, oh, I apparently he didn't realize that. I'm like, you know, so I told him, I'm like, listen, you know, that you have to, if you do construction, you have to make a little hole. Wherever you, cl- if you close off something that was open. So what did he tell me? He's like, ah, Come on, that's a, you know, what do you waste time with these things? There's a, you know, both of says, oh, they don't mean anything. So I said, listen, alright, you don't want to trust me, fine. Go to your rabbi and ask him, see what, do what he does. So, you know, I got in his head and he was a little bit, uh, you know, you know, nervous about it. So he went to the rabbi, right? He went to a rabbi, his rabbi's not a capitalist, he's a very, very famous rabbi in the you know in the area that he was in and he's well known throughout the entire world and he went over to the rabbi very not known for any kabbalistic things very alakha straight, straight up and he goes over to him and he says listen you know i'm sure it's nothing but do you ever hear about something you know about a you know door i mean did a construction do i have to put any uh you know I, and i didn't make any holes so the rabbi tells him he tells, he tells him go right now to your house and make a hole right now he says don't wait don't wait till tomorrow do it right now right he calls me up and he's like he's like yeah, you know he says the, the rabbi just told me to go do it right now right I don't want to say I told you able so, able but to, to. a little hole, a little drill a hole. You're saying that some demons dwell in the same area all the time. They don't the things? Things? Yeah, it's yeah. To there was it. one time I gave the um, I gave this class to to uh, one of my different uh, groups, and there was one guy over there for like six months after I gave this class. Every time he sat down to, to learn, he would look up at the you know at the window, and he'd be like, yeah, I don't want any problems, <laughs> you know, yeah. or here, you know. So uh, don't start doing that You don't need to start talking to the walls You don't need to start talking But this is so the general idea Is said that if you do construction You should make a hole in it Right? So the obvious question is If you're doing construction You work in construction So that's all There's a lot of different uh, You know, halachot, uh, regard, no, halachot it's, it's more customs But uh, that what you should do And what you should not do uh, Obviously always consult Your local orthodox rabbi Okay So there are also There are, um, there are some people There are some communities That they don't allow there, if a father passes away in Israel, they don't allow their children to go into the cemetery. Why? Because if this father wasted seed, and out of that seed came certain souls and spirits and things like that, they could damage the children that actually came alive. Which means that they did not make it into this world because they were wasted. But there were children that, that are coming and they get jealous of them. And it's very dangerous. There are certain, there are certain uh, communities in Israel that in cemeteries, they don't allow the children to go in. Right? The children say, for when they bury the father. Just when they are so now... Not for a certain month or a certain day. I don't, I don't know their, their exact... Uh, I, I, I know for sure during when they bury him. I don't know afterwards if they allow, maybe after the year. It could be yes, could be no, I'm not familiar. Because then you, nobody would be allowed to go to any cemetery, you know, eventually. So I, I believe it's for a certain period of time. I just don't know what is that spe- specific period, period of time. Okay, so... There is a very, very interesting Gemah. There's a bunch of interesting stories that you can learn a lot about them and I'll try to say them from the... Time that we have is a, a, one of the most famous stories of demons in the Gemara. Is in Gitin page uh, sixty-eight, and there it speaks about the king of demons. What happened was Shlomo Amal, King Solomon. He was uh, building the Beit Hamikdash, and uh, they told him, you know, he in, he needed to. To, uh, to like cut stones but the law was is that you're not allowed to cut stones with, with iron because iron is made for weapons and it could be used for destruction so he goes over to the sage and says how am I supposed to cut the stone if I can't use iron like what else could I use so the sage just told him use the shamir worm right what is a shamir worm shamir worm is a certain worm that Moshe Rabbeinu, used to make certain cuts it, it, it's able to cut things with its uh, somehow it's spit a slide but it's able to cut through things so he goes over to, the, so he says, he you now he needs to get this shamir worm, and he goes over to, to the rabbis and says, okay, how am I supposed to find the shamir worm, I says, listen, nah, that we don't know he says, what? go try, go find some demons, and ask them, they might know where it is, so he found two demons, and he tied them up, and he told them tell me where the shamir worm is, so they said, listen, we don't know where the shamir worm is uh, but you could ask Ashmandai, the king of demons right, he was a, he was in charge of all the demons so, um, he said fine, tell me where I could find him. So they, they they told him he, he's in a certain area and, and they gave him basically his schedule. What he does is for, you know he goes up to heaven and he learns in the in the heavenly academy. Then he comes down and he learns in the world academy. What he do, and then what he does is he has a certain mountain. In the mountain he has a um, he digs a hole and he fills it up with water and then he seals it with a seal. And then when he comes he comes back down he looks to see that his seal was uh, you know covered and he because he gets thirsty and then he drinks from that um, from that hole. So he said fine. So the, they say, he sent ben ben Yehuda. They sent him, King Solomon sent him to go capture this demon. So what did he do? He, he took a, a chain, and in this chain was engraved God's name on it. And he took a ring, a signet ring. And in the ring also engraved God's name on it. And he, and he went to, to find this uh, demon. He went into this, uh, to the mountain where they directed him. And he saw that you know, there was sealed, and there was water inside it. So what he did was, is he went to the bottom... And he dug out another, a little tunnel, and he dug a hole into this this place where he kept the water. So he drained out all the water. Then what he did was, is he sealed those, this this uh, hole with a certain type of wool, and then he went and he made a hole higher up, and then he went in this hole higher up and he filled it up with wine, and then he sealed it up. And then they sat and they waited. So then they see that this demon comes down from heaven and they come and they, and he's very thirsty. He opens up his his little uh, um, his seal and he sees that it's not water, and it's wine. And he's thinking, you know, wine is not conducive for wisdom, so he didn't want to drink it. But then he became very thirsty and he, decided, and, he, and he drank it. He drank it and he fell asleep. I don't know what they put inside this wine. But he went, drank it and he fell asleep. They went and they, while he's sleeping they went and they bound him up with the chains of God's, that's God's name on him. Right? When he woke up and he realized that he was bound, you know, demons are not like, you know, people on steroids. They're a completely different strength of anything that, uh, that, that's, you know, inhumane. So... He realized that he couldn't break out to it. And then, you know, Ben Yodah said, listen, you have the names of God is, is, uh, you know, on you, and that's why you can't do it. So they go and they capture this demon and they bring him back to King Solomon. As they're bringing him back for King Solomon, they saw he, he did some interesting things, this demon. He went and he saw a blind man, and this demon went and he put the blind man on his path while they're being led down. Right? The Gemara speaks about a, a, a list of things that he did. I'm going to say only part of it. He also he saw a drunk person on his, you know, that was, uh, lost his path. So he went and he put a drunk person on the path to get him to the right place. He saw a very lively wedding and he cried. The, the demon cried. He heard a man request shoes that would last for seven years and he laughed. And he saw a sorcerer, someone who was practicing magic, you know, and he laughed at him also. So when they came, when, you know, when he came to, to actually King Solomon, they asked him, says, why did you do all these, you know, these weird things? So he said, when he saw the blind man on his path, why? He says, this, this blind man was a righteous person. And it says anybody who helps him gets, you know, rewarded. So he sent him. The drunk, the drunk man, why did he send him on his path? It's because this drunk man was a very wicked man. So he said, let him get his reward in this world. So he gave him an easier time, let him find his way very easily. So this way he has a reward over here and doesn't have a reward in the next world. Then he saw a very happy wedding. And he said, so he said, why did you cry? And he said he heard that the, uh, the reason that he cried is because the groom is not going to live. Uh, he's he's going to die very soon. Right? And then the widow is not going to be able to remarry for another 13 years. For a yibum or whatever, uh, you know, certain reasons. He said, then he saw somebody that was with, they requested shoes that would last for seven years. So he said, why are you laughing? So he said, because this man is not even going to live for seven days. He wants shoes that's going to live for seven years. Then, uh, then he, then he, they ask him why do you laugh when the guy was practicing magic he says because this guy is practicing magic trying to, what is he practicing magic for he was trying to make more money with his magic so he says he doesn't understand that he's sitting on top of the king's treasure he's practicing magic and he's doing all these things meanwhile he's sitting on gold he's literally sitting on diamonds so, so he comes over to, to, uh, to, to Shlomo. they bring him to Shlomo Amalek and uh, Shlomo Amalek um, asked him he says where can I find this shamir worm so he told them it's, uh, you know, it was given over to a certain uh, wild uh, chicken that, you know, he, you know, something in the sea. They, he gave him basically directions of where it is. It says you have to find, you have to get it from him. So they went and what they did was is that they took, they, uh, they found out where this, this bird that has this Shamir worm is and they went to find it. And when they found it, they saw that the bird flew away and what they did was is the bird had a bunch of babies in its nest. And they, what they did, they covered the nest with glass. So when the bird comes back, the bird came back and it saw it, it, couldn't get in. So they figured now, they, their, their thought process was, now the bird has to go get the shamir worm to get through there. And that's exactly what it did. The bird went, grabbed, you know, to get the shamir worm, to get through the glass. The chachamim, the, the sages that were there, scream and the bird ran away and they were able to get the shamir worm. And that's how they were able to go and take the shamir worm to, uh, um, to, to for the Bet HaMikdash. Now, the gemara, gitten, the gemara get it sounds... I don't know. I, I don't know any information. I don't know any information. The there. Yes, yes, and we're gonna get we're gonna get to that. So, so King Solomon goes over to to this to the king of demons, and he says, "What's so special about you? Why you know you so powerful? You so what's so great about you?" So the king of demons said, "Listen, give me the ring that you you know you have me subdued with, and the chains, and I'll show you." So King Solomon went and he took it and he gave him the ring, right? And this demon, what he did was, is that you know. It, What it says, it's even hard to believe that he was able to... um, uh, Let me just skip to this part. He took King Solomon and he threw him 400 pasos, which is about a thousand miles. He took this, and whatever it means, he transported me, threw him a thousand miles, completely different uh, area. And King Solomon, you know, it says, well, he was, he, what was he left with? Was he left with a stick, or what, you know, what was exactly left? But he went around begging, he says, "I look, I was a king of Israel, king of the world, and look where I am now, a thousand miles, people don't even know that I'm king. And what happened was, in the meantime, was this, this uh, demon, he went, and he assumed the, the look of King Solomon. And he went and he used to, you know, behave like a king. But he was also, he behaved a little bit crazy. He kept on, you know, he was, he was very, uh, you know, he kept on saying, oh, I'm the king, I'm the king, I'm the king, I'm the king. You know, like, you know, he was trying to hide something, obviously. And also he demanded to have, you know, relations with his wives, you know, during the time that they're not allowed to have relations. So they realized something was wrong. And they also realized that he never took off his socks. Right? He never took off his socks, even while he was having relations. So, um, you know, whatever it was a long story short, King Solomon was able to, you know, when he he came back. It's a long story in itself. He came back and he was able to, um, you know, uh, you know, push the demon, uh, this demon away. Okay, there was another uh, demon. We just spoke to Ashma. There's another demon that also these names are not really. You're not supposed to answer these names, but there's another uh, demon. Uh, you know, we won't answer. Uh, won't look at that, won't say the names that um, there's a certain demon, a woman demon a female demon, that she likes to basically, um, if somebody wastes seeds, she's able to get stuff for them she's able to, to nurture things from that seed whether it's, you know, create more demons or whatever it is that they do, she's able to take that uh, that, that seed, right, so people shouldn't think you know, wasting seed, oh it's nothing, no, no no it goes for something, and it's not something that's going to help you at all right, it's very very uh, harmful for you there was once a, there's a Gemara in Pasachim, page 112 deep that there was a demon by the name of Igeras Bas Machlas. Now, um, one time, this this demon used to go out every night with 180,000 mazikim, like other demons. And she used to damage a lot of people at night. So one time, she came, up, she came across Rabbi Hanina Ben-Dosam. And she came across Rabbi Hanina ben Dossam and she said, listen, if they wouldn't have told me how holy you are, because you're such a big rabbi, says, I would have I would have harmed you. So Rabbi Hanina answered back, says, if I'm so holy and you cannot harm me, then I order you to 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 stay away from all habited areas. Basically, I, you know, you can't go anywhere that's settled. You can't stake around. So she was like, "Come on, you know, you gotta give me something." Like, well, you know, I've been here every night of the week. Now you're not gonna give you're not gonna give me anything. So I said, "Fine, you could have Tuesday night and and Saturday night, right? Those are the time when people don't are not usually frequent in the streets." Says, "Take those nights, but the rest of the nights you're not allowed to be here." And she said, "Fine," and she she didn't say only Tuesday night and Saturday nights when she, she she was in the, those areas and when people actually got harmed. Then there was another rabbi that that encountered. It was Abaya. And uh, she goes over to By oh, if they wouldn't tell you how you know how holy you are. I would have you know uh, would have been able to to harm you. So then now that they told me how holy you are, I can't harm you. So the, the rabbi said back, oh, if they know how holy I if they if you this is how holy I am, I demand you that you're not allowed to stay in, in settled areas. And he really banished her from settled areas, right? This is also one of the reasons, one of the places we know that the demons live in places that are not settled, right? Which is like uh, the forests and the uninhabited houses and and ruins and you know things like that. Okay. So, there was once... There's, uh, there's another Midrash that says also... Sorry, there was once a story regarding up Shem Ba'echad. There was once uh, the Romans uh, made a decree. And the decree was... They said three things. The Jews are not allowed to observe Shabbat. They're not allowed to do brit Milah. And they're not allowed to, they're not allowed to do uh, um, Nida. Which means that so they can't keep Sabbath. They can't circumcise. And they can't separate from their wives every two weeks. You know, and do the Mikvah and all that, things like that. They were absolutely not. They didn't allow it. So, there was one rabbi. But then rabbi. ben Istraboli And now he Went and he pretended to be a non-Jew and he went over to the to these Roman courts and he says, "Listen, he says, you want your enemies to be strong or weak? So he said, obviously we want them to be weak. He says if that's the case, let them get circumcised. We know that the circumcised are you know less, uh, they're, they're weaker. So he thought about it a second and he says, you know what, that's a good idea. You're right, ANOVA circumcision against the Jews because they were the enemies. Then he goes over to them and he says, listen, do you want your enemies to be wealthy or poor? So I said, what's the question? Of course we want them to be poor." So he says then, don't, don't let them work on Shabbat. Let them keep Shabbat because then they're working only six days and they're resting the, the seventh day. So they have to obviously make more money. They said, this is a great idea. I don't know why we didn't think about it. Alright, Shabbat is back on. Then he said, then he goes over and he says, do you want your enemies to multiply greatly or to, you know, to decrease? So said, what's the question? Of course we want them to decrease. So he said, if that's the case, says then let them keep Nida. If they're keeping Nida, Two weeks out of the month, they're not with their wives, so they have less chance of getting pregnant. So let them. Know. So they said, excellent idea, and they banished, they, they cleared all those three things, and the Jews were able to do all those uh, things. Then they figured out that it was a Jew who outsmarted them. So they said, you know what? Everything's back, and they put everything back, and now they had, the Jews had a, a serious decree. So they um, they they sent Rabbi Shimon Bar to down to, to you know to speak to them, say you know to try to work something out to annul this decree, these decrees. So Rabbi Shimon Bar before he left a demon came to him, right, the king of the, the, this Ashmedai, some say it was Ashmedai, they came to him, and he said, listen, he said, uh, um, I'll tell you what, he says, I will go, the demon is telling this this rabbi, Rabbi Shemba Echai, says, I'll go and I'll possess this, you know, the daughter of this Roman uh, emperor, and you come, and you exercise this possession, and then they'll give you whatever you want, and then you could uh, you can annul the decree. So, I'll take it this is what I can get I'll do it so it goes uh, they were making their way down to, to Rome and this demon went ahead of them and possessed the daughter of the, of the king people tried to exercise nothing no one, Nothing was doing this demon was not leaving this, this, this woman so comes this big rabbi so they say to the rabbi maybe if you could possess you know could exercise her so the rabbi says no problem he goes chick-chack one two three gets, gets it out right gets the demon out and uh, so the emperor says listen I owe you you know anything he says my store my, go to my treasure house take anything you want so they went, the rabbis, was a bunch of rabbis, they went, they went to the treasure house, they found the decree that it was against the Jews, they took it and they ripped it up. And they brought it. And he said, fine, you got it. right?" And from there he was able to annul the, the decree. So here we see a story about how the demon actually helped the, the Jews. Okay, there's a Gemara in Sanhedrin, 101A. And this is actually an alacha. We're not allowed to ask the shaydim to uh, to, uh, to do something on Shabbat. The shaydim, the demons, are have... Abilities to do Let's say find certain objects Right The general rule is We're going to soon, soon, soon see The halakha who you're, not allowed to, you're not allowed to deal with them Don't You don't go and ask them for things You don't go and do things with them Because everybody gets uh, You can't get uh, You know, away from that Right People get hurt from that So you're supposed to stay away from that There's a Gemara in Bachot 5a That says One who recites Shema on his bed The demon keeps away from him Right We spoke when we spoke about the dreams It says if someone wants to have good dreams let him say Kriyachma with concentration before he goes to bed. Also, it also helps to, to, to push away the demons. There's, um, if, there's a Segemarah in Sanhedrin, page 67b, that says that if you see a sorcerer, someone who's practicing magic, and he's asking for for particular paraphernalia. For example, he says, I want a nail of a horse. And I want a hair of a rooster. And I want exact, very, very weird things exact, you know that he needs for, for his magic. You know that his magic is through demons. As opposed to magic that is, that they don't ask for that, then you know that it's real magic. It's, you know, it's, it's not used through, through demons. It's pure enchantment. There's a Gemara in Sanhedrin, page 91a, that says that the gifts, that Abraham gave gifts to Ishmael, to all the Arabs. What were the gifts? It says those gifts were knowledge of sorcery and demons. He told them how to use magic and how to manipulate demons. The, um, well, to Ishmael or to Ishmael? To all, the, to, all to, um, to Ishmael. To Ishmael. So, there's also another Gemara in Sanhedrin, 108b, right? I don't know if you realize, I'm quoting here, not one Gemara. Gemara from all over the place. What we're seeing is that, that there must be demons do exist. Because look, you know, all these Gemara all these are all pointing to that, uh, to that conclusion. So, there is a Gemara in Sanhedrin 108b that says that uh, the, when Noah was, was uh, um, rebuking the generation of the flood, so they said to him, well, well we're, God's going to send a destruction to us. What is he going to do? If, if he sends us uh, like a flood of fire... He says we have a certain, uh, you know, demon that is a fire extinguishing demon that we could go and manipulate it and take out all the fire. Which means is that they also knew how to use certain powers and they used to be able to manipulate certain uh, demons. Um, okay, there is there is also there's a gemara in Kiddushin, Kiddushin 39b, that speaks about a rabbi. That there was a woman that came out to him and he wanted to do a sin with him, and he pronounced a certain magical formula that he was able to pronounce, and he was covered with boils, which means now you don't want to do it, right? She saw it, and uh, so she was able to you know take that back with her magic, and she took it uh, and uh, um, you know and, and basically took all his boils away, so he was fresh again. So then he goes and he runs into a bathhouse, and like we said before, this was a certain bathhouse that people get uh, you know hurt with demons when they're going in alone. He ran and hid in this bathhouse, and he didn't get harmed. So afterwards, when he came out, they asked him. They always asked him, so How did you go in and you didn't get harmed? Maybe did you get tested in a test of sexual immorality? Because we learned that if someone gets a test in sexual immorality and he overcomes it, he, a miracle is done for him." And he said, "Yeah, that's a you know that's what happened." There was also another one that uh, there was another woman that uh, came to Rabb and she wanted to also. Do a sin with him. And he said, listen, I'm faint. I can't, uh, you know, I can't, uh, you know, I'm very hungry. So she says, I have here unpure food. So she turned on the oven to put this unpure, you know, non-kosher food inside there. So he sees the oven open. He goes and he jumps in the oven, this rabbi. So she looks at him. She says, what's the, you know, what are you doing over here? Why are you jumping in the oven? So he says, for the person that goes and does a sin of immorality is going to end up in the fires. Right, referring to the fires of hell. So she says, you know, she says, I didn't know it was. To be honest, I didn't know it was that serious. Had I known it was that serious, I would never have uh, forced you to uh, to do this, uh, to do this sin. I wouldn't have, have, I would not have tormented you. There is um, also any questions so far? Okay, so let's. Uh, I want I want to be able to uh, finish this. So a few more minutes, we'll be able to develop and finish at least the majority of the information that I have on this it's there, um, very important to stay far, far away from making any contact or any possible contact with demons if somebody does make a contact with a demon or worst off a pact with a demon, um, the relationship doesn 't end with the person 's death In fact, that demon could come and, and follow that person through reincarnation and if that gets severed that that connection, it could go and harm uh, the, the descendants of this person right so it 's very important to stay far away as possible from these types of uh, um, uh, you know things they uh, if if somebody has um, you know it, they're able to like we said before to to get things from you know people waste seed and to do s- certain sexual immoral acts if this if the sexual act is done in a in a holiness the demons nobody can touch it right it's a holiness if it's done in purity in all aspects of impurity demons has has uh, aspect of it and they're able to manipulate that right and if they're able to take that. That means that they already have some control over you. Right? Which means that they could do things and people have bad luck. They're not making any money. They're not doing all these things. Right? And they're wasting seed. They're doing seeds with women. They're doing sins with women. They're doing all these things. It points to one direction. Okay. So, there is uh, the tool. Right? And Yohadah says that... It is forbidden to go and to bind, uh, you know, to, to, to try to get things out of demons. Sorcery, oh, go find out for me certain information. Go do this for me. Go, go uh, you know, give me some money. Go find something for me, right? Those things are forbidden to do, right? And more than that, it says people that, the, um, the Bet Yosef says people that, become in, that uh, get involved with demons do not remain unsca- unscathed. So now the question is, is where are demons today? Right? In the olden days, there are so many stories that I told you from the Gemara about demons. So where, where do we see demons today? How come we don't have any, uh, you know, stories that, or at least popular stories that, are, that you see demons? So um, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky answers this question. But before that, we have to ask uh, Also, that he answers the question, the Rambam, Maimonides says, there's no such thing as demons. Demons do not exist. Right? So the obvious question is, but the Torah speaks about demons. The Torah speaks about demons. So Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky in Emes Leakob, he answers an amazing, uh, amazing but simple answer. He says, he says as follows, he says, how come nowadays you don't see witchcrafts, you don't see these possessions, you don't see demons, you don't see this too often, why not? So, he says, first of all, God makes everybody have always have a free will, always have free choice. Now, when the time that there were prophets, right, and a prophet prophesized and said, "Listen, it's uh, in two weeks' time, there's a big storm going to come, and half of this country is going to get destroyed," right? Two weeks come, and exactly that happens. And he keeps on prophesizing the truth, right? What eventually are you going to say? You're not going. No one's going to have free will. whatever he says. We're doing right, which it should be, but you know, there still, still has to be an aspect of free will. So God, gave, so God, at that point in time, when we had prophets, so there was magic, there was demons, or things like that. So God, so people will say, okay, maybe you got that through demon knowledge. Maybe you got that through magic. How do we know that it was through these things? So when, they were, when, when, the, when the big rabbis are making miracles, it says, there was magic. So say, okay, maybe he did it through this. Basically, always, the pasuk is, okay, which means that God created everything in an equal playing field. Right? In Kohelet, we say that. Which means is there's, always a, there's always an equal playing field. When we had Moshe Rabbeinu, we had Bilam. Right, always equal. The equal of the of the good has the equal of the evil. Nowadays we went so low. Huh? We, no we have no good. We went we we went down in in, in where we used to be compared to what we used to be. How you know the, the the level of the you know the tzaddikim that we used to have. So he says in the olden days he says, and he explains like this. So he says when prophecy stopped, witchcraft stopped. When batkol came, when a when a heavenly voice that used to say certain things came, stop demons stop. When when righteous people couldn't perform could not could no longer perform miracles, stop the forces of tumah stop, right? Everything is on an equal playing field. So he answers this is a, this is how he answers the, the the Rambam. Rambam lived about a thousand years ago. He says now he says we don't he says we don't have demons. He says you know why we don't have demons now? It's because we never we're not on the level that they used to have demons. We used to be such a high level that we needed the demons to to you know balance it all all out. Now we're so low that we don't have the that uh, that ability to have demons now if you're going to ask me what happens to demons nowadays do demons exist nowadays there are many people and there are many rabbis that still say yes that they are around and they are you know they're still they're still uh, you know out there and there's still things that you're supposed to do to prevent yourself from it yeah there are many cases also Mhm. there are many cases and there are many many also uh, you know you know interesting cases but that's just how you answer that's a general answer and it answers beautifully but, from Maimonides uh, yeah mom said right now they don't exist or they never exist so according to that, it's right now. According to that answer, it's right now. But it's it's complicated. It's not so simple. Now there's an interesting... If you want to say that they don't exist, it comes into a little bit of problems because we have halachot. Right? The halachot that we know now is the three weeks. Right? Between Shivasar betamuz to Tisha BeAv is three weeks. And there's, there's halacha, that there's a certain demon. And it actually says how it looks. The demon's covered with scales and hairs and has eyeballs all over its body. And he sees from the eyeballs situated in his chest. And... It's, there's, where does he reside? He resides in an area that's partly sunny and partly shady. And how does he move? He moves like rolling like a ball. this certain demon, and that is is very powerful during this specific time of the year, which we are in right now. And that's why there's 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 a, there's halacha. It says that people should not go outdoors, part you know partially in partially uh, shaded areas between the fourth and the ninth halakhic hours of the day. Right? For what? For fear of this demon. It's an actual halacha. You look at the, you know, they, they actually bring it, the Shulchan O'Hoo brings it down, the Oha. The also brings it down. That it, it says you have to be, right. And it's, the Shulchan O'Hoo doesn't speak about capitalistic things, but yet it speaks about this demon that, that's around in nowadays. That's why people are very careful nowadays during this three, three weeks, you don't hit children, right? And you don't hit teachers, right? You don't hit the teachers. You should never hit teachers, but the teachers shouldn't hit the students. In the olden days, right, before there was a 911 on a speed dial for every child, they used to, uh, you know, if a child would misbehave, they would hit the, the child. Then the child would come home. Home, tell him that his pet, that his teacher hit him. What would what would they do? They hit the child again. Why did you do that? The teacher would hit you, right? Nowadays they look at the child wrong, right? There's already a lawsuit that's in the you know in the mail. So, but. It's very important you don't hit your children in these days. That's why also nowadays you don't, you don't uh, in the, during these three weeks, you don't go to certain, you don't do dangerous things. You don't go to certain trips. You don't go, you know, and that's why in the nine days also, you don't go swimming. You don't do certain things. Um, partially the reason is because of this certain uh, demon that has it. There was once a, this story, that was, there, was a, there was a teacher that was about to give a little hit to one of his students that wasn't that was misbehaving. And there was a rabbi there. And the rabbi saw that he would, took a little stick to try to, you know, give him a little tap. And he, the rabbi went and said, what are you, you know, you, what are you doing? So he said, oh, I'm just going to give him a, you know, to straighten him out. He says, no, no, no. He says, you don't know. You don't understand. There's a, there's a, de- I see the demon behind you. The demon is there behind this demon with a big iron like bar. He's waiting to get a little tip and then he goes and he gives uh, the, the rest of the, of the head. So you have to be very careful during nowadays and, and this time, uh, specifically to, you know, be careful where we go yeah, not to, you know, there are also people that are careful not going swimming and they don't, uh, uh go on these certain trips, you know, roller coasters or whatever it is that they stay away from certain things. So this is an actual alakha. This is alakha so here we see that demons there, there is something to worry about today there's, there's, a, there's actually a few regarding that so there is um, there's also Rabbeinu Bahai, I want to also say that um, he divides uh, demons into three categories right which should give you an idea of their purpose Num- number one there are those that live in the atmosphere and those are the, they cause nightmares there are also those that live amongst people and they cause people to sin the, and there are also the third category is, is those that uh, the, he's following the Midrash that speaks about that those that are restraints to the depths of the ocean Right, which also comes to mind that why, what was the purpose of demons? Why does why did God create demons? The angels, we know they're messengers, right? Demons, one of their the purposes is that they also they go and they Man out punishments. They man out certain punishments to uh, um, you know to people that are that are deserving of it. The additionally there is um, you know there there are many there are many people that that have certain things to you know. Let's before we do that, we'll finish. I, I you know I think I'll say one one story. If you have any questions before we begin, We do that we move on? Okay. Uh, one question. Mm-hmm. If, let's say you said somebody sees a demon, right? Got at a glance, right? Right. Is there some kind of a sign that this person should have seen the demon? Or? If he saw it, there was obviously there where he was given permission to see it. Yeah. Which means is you can't see it. There's no by accident. There's no like, oh man, I forgot to put my invisibility cloak. Well? There's a reason for, it. A reason for it. You can't, you don't want to kill it. You know, there's no, how are you going to kill a demon? Right? But the word's up to law. You can prevent it. Right? Again, when a person sins, they create mazakim. They create these damaging uh, angels, right? These damaging angels can come and, and they, just, they hurt a person, right? When a person does a, does a good deed, a mitzvah, he's sitting and learning to ah, He every second that he's learning Torah, he's creating another angel, right? And that's protecting him. He's doing another sin. Every second he's doing another sin, he's creating another, another demon or another, another this. Somebody that has, does all these sins, and then they realize, you know, why is my luck so bad? Why your luck so bad? You build yourself an arsenal, an army of demons, right? Meanwhile, you have two little, uh, you know, you have, you have uh, like a handful of, the, uh, you know, good angels fighting for you, and you have an army of demons that, that are, you know, or mazakim, bad angels that are, that are against you. It happens to be, there's also very interesting, which we don't have time to speak about, They, there are certain demons that are, I guess you could call them like Jewish demons. They, you know, they believe the Torah, they do certain things. Not, they're not, you know, they do certain things, right? There's, uh, you know, they, we know, there's a, famous Yosef, Yosef the demon right they even have Jewish names they even have Jewish names and we know we spoke about that story with the the, the, the circumcision right uh, maybe I'll say it very quick it's an amazing story a, a, this Is is this there was actually two stories that I wanted to say but I'll, I'll say this one it's an amazing story even if you heard it it's good to hear it again it's in the Kaba Yashal chapter 25 that he speaks about um, there was once a guy who was a, a mohad. And he was uh, he did uh, circumcisions. And but he was a very, very stingy person. Extremely, extremely stingy. Would not give money for anything. So much so that he would not even go to synagogue on Mondays and Thursdays. Because that's when people came to collect. right? So he really did not give anything. But there's one thing that he did. is He always went and he, he did the circumcision. Not only did he do the circumcision. Which he was actually one that actual was the mohel. He did it for free. He didn't want to take any money for it. And uh, one day he gets a knock on his door. And there's this, you know, big person in front of him over there, a handsome-looking person. And he says, um, listen, I have a, uh, you know, I just had a child a few days ago. I would like you, can you come do, I heard that you do the Brit Can you please come and do the Brit So he says, absolutely, let me go get my bag. And he said, listen, um, you know, it's it's quite some time. It's about a few days, you know, drive out from, from where we are, a wagon ride out. So there's no problem, not a problem. He goes. And he, he gets into the, to this wagon And they start traveling towards uh, Towards this person to this, me, not, He takes all his supplies And he's looking out the window over there And he sees, you know, he's passing by his town And it's fine And then suddenly he sees that They're passing by these roads That he'd never seen before in his life He's never seen these roads before And they're passing by paths And he used to travel a lot it's like it's very interesting because I've never traveled this, past, this way, and uh, he he you know he doesn't say anything, and he, they keep on traveling for three days. They travel. Finally, they get to this uh, um, they get to this amazing town, a town that he's never seen that could be before. Mansions and everything is beautiful. It's like paradise town, and he's like, wow, it's unbelievable. It's like people here must be really wealthy, and he goes into this town, and he you know, they take him to the biggest house on the town, and that's where this this person, obviously, was one of the people in charge of this town, and he had a son who needed a me up. So he goes, he puts his, uh, he says, it's okay, if I'm going to go, I'll just, you know, freshen up, you know, it's been a long ride, I'm going to put some, all my supplies upstairs, and, you know, this person, the, you know, the father said, absolutely, go take your time. And he goes up, he sets up all his, his things in the room, you know, whistling, you know, while he's doing it, very relaxed, calm, happy, you know, he's got a nice big room, and then suddenly he gets a knock on the door, Right? and he opens it up he opens it up and there's a woman standing there and the woman quickly pushes herself in close the door right and she's like looking around and you know she's obviously very nervous and he says you know woman is everything okay and she says listen um, I can't you know I can't stay here for, for, for long but I have to tell you something and he says please have a seat you know and she says uh, no time for that he says all you need to know is this whole town they're not of human stock so he's like um, I'm <clears throat> sorry it's been a long ride I didn't get that. What did you say? And she's like, all the people over here, they're not human. And he's like, so what? Are, you know, what exactly do you mean by that? Says they're all demons. She said when, I, when she was she was younger, she got captured by by a demon, and they brought her here, and she's she's lost. And she said that everybody's a demon, and you know, her, she had a baby boy with a demon, and now they're having a blik me So meanwhile, you know, this guy turns white. He's like, I, I'm in a place I don't know how to run out of here. You know, I can't do anything. He's, he's like, and she's like. All I can tell you is don't take anything from them. Do not, if they offer you something, don't take anything. Because if you take something, they own you. So he's like, you know, alright. You know, he is sweating, right? He feels his heart over here, you know. And he is, you know, he's pale. And, you know, he's like, like, how am I going to get out of it? He's sitting in this room. This woman leaves. And he's, you know, what am I supposed to do? And he goes. And he's, he's thinking back and forth. A few hours go by. And there's another knock on his door. He opens it up. It's the person that brought him here. The father. The father of the baby. And, you know, he sees this guy's he's white, he's sweating, he's like, he's like, you don't look so good, is everything okay? And he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not feeling that well. He says, why don't you come down and eat something? You know, maybe you'll feel up. He says, no, you know, I, you know I the ride, I'm really nauseous, I, I really can't eat anything. He's like, listen, I'm not taking anything with this guy. Right? He says, I can't, I can't do it. you know, I can't, uh, I'm not feeling well, I can't, I'm nauseous, This right. let me, let me, uh, yeah. So they says, fine, not a problem. He says, once you rest up tomorrow, we'll, uh, you know... We'll reconvene, you know, to get an early night. So, fine. He goes to sleep that night, or he tries to go to sleep. The next morning, he gets a knock on the door, and he says, Listen, why don't you come down for breakfast? And he's so, so now he's got to think again. Now I gotta need another excuse. So this, uh, this, um, says, Listen, um, I had a bad dream last night, and I'm fasting today. I can't eat today. I'm fasting for, for, the, uh, for the bad dream. So the demon says, All right, makes sense. I'm fine. So the next day was the circumcision. Finally comes the circumcision. He goes, and he says, you know, you usually have to be very careful. You know, he's like sitting over there, you know, shaking. I've seen once a, a, a mohel do that circumcision like that. I'm, I'm telling you, I was scared for the baby. I was, he was nervous, and he was, he was shaking. And it was dangerous. So this mohel, he was doing this uh, circumcision, and meanwhile, he looked all around. He says, oh, look, normal people. But, it, you know, in his mind, they're like, well, how they dressed up as humans? They're probably old demons. And, you know, he can't get it out of his mind. And he does the bleak milah. So finally they invite him afterwards and they say, please, do not you have something to eat? And he says, no, no, it's okay. You know, after all that fasting, I'm not so hungry. I'll, I'll, I'll eat later. He's basically pushing off. He doesn't want to eat. Doesn't want to take anything from them. So, so the, um, the head of this this person, so the head of the demon says, hey, listen, why not you uh not you come along with me? I wanna I wanna show you something. And he's like, oh, no, he's like, yeah, 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 here's good, here's good. You don't want you, you go, you go. And he's like, no, 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 come, come, come. Yeah. And you know, there's certain people that you know they say, no, no, you're gonna come, right? And he's like, oh, okay, you know, it's a little puppy, he walks along with him. And he has this big guy, walking over there, and he's, you know, starting to sweat. He's like, this is it, you know, Seshma <laughs> Yisrael, you know, time to, to meet my aunt. And he walks, uh, you know, this this demon takes him out, and he comes to, you know, take, comes to a field, and he has a bunch of big houses there. He opens up his first house, and he looks inside, and he goes over to this person, and he says, uh, inside his house is full of silver. So, he says uh, to this mohel, he says, uh, please, Take anything you want. You did a great favor. You came so far for me. I want, to, I want to pay you. So says, take anything you want from this house. Take as much as you want. So, the, you know, this mohel is looking. He says, listen, you know, it's, it's, it's really generous of you, but I have a thing I don't take any money for. for, You know, it's what I do. I don't take any money from Moel, for, for any believe me not. So, he says, um, okay, all right. You know what that usually means, right? That means uh, negotiate on the price. He says, all right, why don't you come over here? He says, he takes him to the next house. The next house, he opens it up. Full of gold. Gold that he's never seen so much gold before in his life. And he says, why don't you go? Take whatever you uh, your heart desires. And he says, um, uh, you know, it, it's really generous of you, but, uh, you know, it's my thing. I don't, uh, you know, I don't take anything for a blue milah, and I, I like to stick with that. So, let's see, you're a tough cookie, says the big demon. So he says, why don't you come here? Let me show you one more room. So he goes over to the, he opens up this room, and it's the biggest diamonds. He's seen it all full of gems. Says biggest diamonds he's never seen before. He says here's here's a sack, fill it up, right? You'll be rich for the rest of your life. And he says, listen, you know, I, I appreciate you trying to give me so much money. He says, to be honest, I'm independently wealthy. I really don't need this. You know, I have all the money. You know, I appreciate it, but thank you and no thank you. So the demon says, he says, listen, I see you have some extra protection over here. He says, let me show you one last thing. He opens, he goes up to show this him another room. He opens it up. In this room is full of, of nails in the wall. On each nail is a key. So this person looks in and says very nice you know you have nice keys you know not something I particularly collect he says but uh, he says why don't you go take a walk around the demon says so he walks around he's looking around over there suddenly he stops in front of one nail and he turns white and he looks and he starts shaking and he's like "Where, where did you get these these keys and he says, uh, he "says Do they look familiar?" The demon says. So he says, uh, "These are my keys to all my house, to all my storage house, to all my to all my safes." He's like, "How'd you get them over here?" So he says, uh, "Listen, obviously God is protecting over you. So let me tell you something." He says, "I am really a demon. I am the demon in charge of of stinginess. You, at a certain point, you did you are so stingy that you lost your free will for being for for not being stingy anymore. If you want to give charity, you can't give charity. You lost your free will, right? There are certain people that the more they sin." they lose the free will to try not to do it. Right? There are people that think, okay, I'll go waste seed, or I'll go whatever I'll do, I'll go steal. After a certain time, it's very difficult for a person to do tshuva. It's very difficult. He says, you, you are so stingy for so long, you lost your free will. So much so that they gave me your keys. I have your keys. All these rooms around here, he says all these things, I have their keys. And he says, being that you did for me something so special, and so something so good, I want you to take those keys back. And he's like, he's like, listen, you know, I appreciate it, but I really don't want to take anything, you know. So he says, he says, okay, listen. He says, uh, I give you a guarantee. He says, take the keys. We don't, we don't. I will have no control over you. This is for you as a present, and there's no connection. That's it. We're done. So he took the keys and he went home. He brought him back home, and when he went home, he said this person was a completely changed person. He went and he was giving charity. He was going to every person that came to him, and he's like, here's charity. Take, take charity. I don't want to be associated with those demons anymore. I don't want them to take any way my keys. Like, he gave away everything for them, right? This is a story that was brought down in the Kabayah Shalom. There are a few things from this story. First of all, is number one is that there's... Obviously, there's something going on over here with demons. Number two is that a person has to be careful. People think that, you know, I'll do this sin and it's okay. I'll uh, I'll, I'll repent when I really need to. And you could ask anybody who had done any sin for a long period of time. It's very, very difficult to stop. If the more that you do it, the more harder it is to stop. In any case, we see over here, and we see from many stories today, that there are such a thing as, as demons uh, nowadays. Even though you could say that even if they do exist nowadays, the power is much, much less that, that it used to be. But um, across the board, you want protection against them? Torah and Mitzvot. You do Torah. You listen to the Torah. You listen to all the Mitzvot that we have to do, you gain protection over them, right? You do sins you're opening up, a, you're opening up a, an entrance for them. So there's more sins more than others, like we spoke about. But the bottom line is, is that the more one protects himself, the more, and again, don't go and looking for them, don't go and try to find them, don't go and try to see them, don't try to do anything, stay away from them. It says whoever goes and tries, to, they don't bother people that don't look after them. So stay away from them. If you do have certain issues that come up, you know, there, there are many people that I've, I've spoken to people is that they, they originally they used to have really bad dreams and they used to see certain demons in their dreams and then afterwards they start seeing things when they're awake right they see things when they're awake right and, and they, they can't you know they don't want to tell anybody because everybody will think that they're crazy right and they don't know what to do so those type of people obviously have to go speak to their the, you know local orthodox rabbi and he has to you know proceed to them to whichever area that he tells them to go but in general stay away from them I think that was pretty clear on, uh, on, on that idea any questions? Uh, one last story we're gonna, we're gonna say tonight. And again, uh, just a warning for people that are listening and watching this. This is not for everybody, this story. So if you want, you can just shut it off right now, um, for the rest of the, the Toa Okay, so now, this story, I'll tell you the source. It's in the Kava Yashal, chapter 69. That, um, he brings down this very, very scary story on, you know, uh, on a certain female by the name of Machlas. And he says it happened during the year. it says it's a true story. It happened in the year. And a Jewish calendar year of 5441 and 5442. It was in a city of cold Posen. And uh, there was once a certain person that they had a cellar. And once a person went into the cellar, he just dropped dead. And they, they started seeing funny things happen with the cellar. And after... Two years after this death, there was certain demons were kept on coming back to this certain cellar, and it was uh, 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 not a cellar with an S, with a C, right? It was sort of like a, like a basement type of thing, and they began to frequent it. And when people that lived there, what they started realizing is that if let's say they prepare food on the stove, when they came to change the food, they realized that it was uh, filled with dirt, and the food was gone. And then they started seeing that uh, that uh, you know that things were like like moving in the house, and they saw it moving. And they started you know like uh, Pictures started falling down, lamps started getting pushed over, things were getting moved around the house in front of them, and they couldn't do it anymore. They're the owners of the house, so if they started they're gonna leave the house. And uh because eventually these demons kept on wandering throughout the entire house. We, originally it was just like this basement, the cellar, and eventually they just went everywhere, dro- drove the people out of the house. And uh so they people moved elsewhere and they hit this and they still own this house. What are they gonna do with this house? So they decided they're going to go and uh, they started trying to bring some gentile, uh professional people that could get rid of these whatever spirits were going out. But it was no avail. It Didn't help anything. So they came. Uh, uh, the, there was a certain rabbi by the name of Rabbi Baal Shem and he was brought to the house. And he bound them these demons by oath. He used certain mystical names, and he bound them by oath. You know that uh, that they're not allowed to take. You know what, what are they doing here? They're not allowed to take. Uh, you know they're not allowed to live in, in places that are habited, right? These, these these. You know in the forest, that's where they belong. But they don't belong in people's houses. How did you get permission to go in here? So the spirits actually answered him back, and they said back, "This is rightfully ours, and we'll go to Adin to do you want to take us to court? We'll go to court. He says, let us take us to go, because this is legally our, our house. So they agreed on a court date. They agreed on a court date two days later. And um, two days later, they began the court and suddenly the, they heard a voice. A voice was speaking to them without a form. It was coming from somewhere. They didn't see any body, any person, but a voice was coming through them. And, it, and the voice explained the story as follows. And he says... Um, he says that this house formerly belonged to a certain man, and they named this man, and he used to have relations with a certain female demon. And he, you know, brought into the world certain children from this female demon. And he also had children from his human wife as well. He was married and he had this side fear. And this person was very, very much in love with his demon. And so much to the point, as it says the Shah that his soul was bound with her whole soul. They were together. And, uh, sometimes he was even obligated to stop his prayers and, st- and leave the synagogue in order to fulfill the wishes of this demon. And he says, one time he was leading a Sedel on Pesach night, and the first night of Passover, and suddenly, he just get up, get up in the Sedel, and he left the house. So his wife's like, what's going on? You know, he didn't say a word, and he just left. So his wife started following him, where is he going? And he realized he went into a certain uh, shed, and there was a crack in the shutter and she peeked in to see what he's doing and she peeked in in there and she saw that there was a luxurious room outside looked like garbage and inside it was a luxurious room that was filled with gold and silver and there was uh, was a bed over there with a covering it looked extremely, extremely fancy expensive and beautiful and in there she saw a beautiful woman a beautiful woman that wasn't really clothed and she saw this woman embrace her husband, and you know, and you know, this woman, this this his wife, got really scared, and she ran home. And her husband returned about a half hour later, and she didn't say a word. They finished whatever they were doing, and they went to sleep. The next day, this woman ran to the rabbi, and she went to the rabbi. The rabbi was, uh, it came over to the rabbi, Rav Sheftel, which was the son of the Shla, HaKodesh. So he went over to him, and the and uh, the rabbi ordered this person to come. And he says it's true. Are you having you know some sort of outside type of uh, you know affair? And he admitted, he confessed to it. So the rabbi went and wrote him an amulet, and in the amulet he contained you know certain holy names, which basically prevented the demon from getting close to him. And uh, that's how that's how it was for the rest of the days. He wouldn't uh, you know he wouldn't be associated with this demon. When he was dying on his deathbed, this demon returned to him. And she came and she started crying to him. She says, how do you do this? How do you leave me? You know, we have children. We have this. How are you going to just leave me with nothing? And she started, you know, hugging him and kissing him and, you know, uh, you know trying to, to uh, get him to give her something. So he says, he says he grants her and, and her portion the, uh, his estate. He had a certain estate and he gives it to her. And uh, years went by after he died and the Poland was immersed in a war. Right? And this war lasted from the Jewish Gen calendar year from five four zero eight 5408 to five four one eight for ten years and after the war, all of this person 's children were killed, which means nobody was left to inherit this house that they you know and uh, so they went and the spirits started going and, and lived in that house and said so this house is rightfully ours. Our father owned this owned this house all his human stock died so we now this belongs to rightfully ours. So the current owner said, "Listen, we we paid full price for this house. You know, it's all, we we bought, we bought this house. So the they went over to the rabbi. This was brought up to the rabbi, and the rabbi um, Paskin. He he uh, his his finalized that the, the case was that the spirits have no case. He says spirits are not allowed to live in the habited areas. Doesn't matter who gave it to you and where do you get it from. You are not allowed to be over here. And he banished them to the to the to the." To the outskirts of the, of the town, uh, which was the forest. And, uh, and he says, not only are you not allowed to go back into the house, you're not allowed to go back into the cell, you're not allowed to go back there at all. And he, and he bound them by oath, right, as only Catalyst is able to do it, that they were, they were never allowed to return. And the Kabbal Yashar says he brings down, He says, "For here, you see how much a person has to distance himself from immorality." He says, "People think, okay, have some fun. You never know what's going on, right? There are so many things out there. This world is a crazy, twisted world, and sometimes it's more than crazy, twisted. And it's something that you do not want to get involved with at all." He says, "A person says the Kabbal has to go and very distance himself as far as possible. Put gates and gates and gates and gates and gates. Said so he wouldn't, God forbid, ever get close to such a situation. Guy, he, knew there was a... he knew. He knew he it was, knew a... she was a... He knew she was. Yeah. She was a... No, no, no. He knew that she was not." Uh... A human and he's still because he he when the rabbi confronted him he said you know it's true it's true so a person has to be very careful right also there's a you know good thing why we actually extended this because um, what's the purpose of speaking about this right why do we need to know about demons right why do I, we I you know if, if there's no purpose why do I waste an hour of your time or whichever long we were here for about this information but rather I find this information very helpful there are many people think that this world is this world and that's it and the answer is, there's a lot more to this world that you don't even know. There's so much going on in the world over here. There's so much things that are flying. There's so many spirits. There's so many demons. There's who knows what's going on over here. In this world, forget about the next world. And people are here, you know, doing their sins, driving on Shabbat, like nothing is happening. The person has to wake up and be, you know, start start realizing, this, it's very dangerous out there if you don't listen to God. Right? And not, it's, not like a, it's not like a threat. It's a Torah says. It says, If you follow my ways... Tons of blessing. You don't follow my ways. There's a list of curses. It's as simple as that. Reward and punishment. It's as simple. It's one of the 13 principles of faith, right? There's reward and punishment in this world. People have to take, in, take in this as mine. There are many, there are, there are people that have not sure if they should do too They should start keeping Shabbat. There's no clearer things than when they when they realize and how much stuff is going out on there, right? Just think about it. When you walk home tonight, think about all the things that are following you, right? Think about it. It's good. It's good to think about all these things. It's crazy. You might not sleep at night, but it'll wake you up to what's really out there. Right? To to the fact, And you know what happens in the next world when you get out there? There's no, you know, there's no, like, uh, pretending not to see anything. Right? Everything is out there in the open. A person has to take this into consideration. Take this into, you know, personal account. That, uh, a person has to do tshuva before it's too late. You don't want to come on a deathbed and then suddenly some old girlfriend comes over to you and says, hey, by the way, I was never a real stock. (laughs) Guess what? You're mine. You know? A person should stay as far away as possible from all these sins, especially the sexual sins and any other sins that, uh, could, could lead to that. Any other questions? I like a Okay. You've just experienced another Torah class. Brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.